Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, blustery out there. Uh, lots of rain over the past I don't know. half an hour. Yeah, I'm not sure if that rain is blanketing the Pittsburgh area or just here in Green Tree, but I'll tell you right now, it's something else. Mm-hmm, sure is, yeah. Anyway, you ever have one of those days where you wish your mind could take a little rest behind your face? I have certainly felt that mm-hmm. way before. Are you feeling that way right now? I am, yeah. Why just, Are you sharing this with all of us because, I, I you, am because you want us to help you? No, I'm, I don't need to help. I just like to say I like to put my brain in, in park, okay. which is a little problematic, actually, as we start a two-hour talk show, just because you're overwhelmed by all the information for the day. Sure. Right? I mean, I want you to be happy. So if we can if help you put with your that. brain in park, yeah. you'll never get it started again. <laughs> Is that what your mom always told you? Yeah. yeah. Did she? That's, that's very wise. Okay. I like that. That's, Thank you, Mrs. Dixon. That's Thank quite you for, good. That, for that wisdom of the ages for us. I'm thrilled with the weather because uh, I did my planting, which is way, way, way late in the season. So I, I, I was feeling badly about myself. No judgment. But, you know, Doug Oster, our, you know, everybody, everybody gardens with Doug, said that it shouldn't be about you know, guilt that you you should just garden when you can and do, you know, garden. You should only garden enough that you enjoy as right. opposed to it becoming like a burden sure. on you. Right. So anyway, so I finally got my stuff in yesterday mm. and this morning and look, now it's pouring. Is that a good sign? Yes, I mean, that's great. What if, I, did you put topsoil around the plants? Because maybe the rain washed away the topsoil. That's all I'm saying. Just, just, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just. Listen, I've just... spent the last few years enriching my soil per Doug Oster's directive. So I didn't put topsoil on there. I mean, I have like compost in there. Oh, compost. Do you like, our our neighbor has a compost like container. No, I wish I did. I feel, see, that's another reason. See, I'm glad, I feel badly about myself that I'm not composting. That's fine. That's all right. That's fine. (laughs) Thanks for that absolution. It's fine. This is a great show to be Uh, at. I feel better already. Yes. All right. uh, Let's move beyond uh, our uh, Parking our you brain think we should? I think so. Oh, before yes. we do that, before we move on to all those things, let me just say Tell that me. if you'd like to watch the show today, you can. We're on Facebook Live, 101.5 Word FM, or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. You can watch the show as we do our thing today, and we mm-hmm. welcome our guests. And now you can say whatever you were going to well, say. Well, I was going to say, I was a little scarred by our conversation yesterday about the bathtub. I thought about that multiple times, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. But that's a whole other conversation. It is, and it, you were wrong. No, I'm I'm 100% correct, mm-hmm. which shocks me, your attitude towards the bathtub. You, knowing you so well, I'm just saying. I feel so certain in my point of view on that. And <laughs> really? I feel like you're missing out on something I vital uh, and something really comforting. My only point is this. Who would want to get into a filthy container where there have been any number of strange souls processing through that? Because. Be, okay. Hey, what are you saying, boo? You guys. Oh, you're, he's on my side, right? I, I don't think he is. I, I think much, he is. Mixed I'm not really sure what side he's on, but I want him to be not on my fan. side. I just want to say that if you missed, if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, we had a discussion yesterday about whether you would take a bath in a hotel bath. Ooh. And I did, I'm not saying Motel 6 bathtub. I'm not people, saying it matters. Okay? I'm saying a, a, a bathtub in a nice hotel. Nope. An upscale hotel. Nope. Perhaps one that has a freestanding bathtub. Nope. Like a really nice, like ergonomically designed jacuzzi thing going on. I'm just saying. The anonymous souls who have also been in that tub. I'm not going to go along for that ride. I'm just not. That's life. Okay, as we always do, kicking off the show, we take a look at the news stories of the day. Kath compiles the top stories. Won't you please give us the top four at four? 
indeed. For f- this, this is not the right date. This is just incorrect on here. What's the date? It's uh, for Thursday, okay. June 10th. Mm-hmm. I had the wrong thing at the top of the page. I'd like to tell you number one, though. Passengers keep getting bigger. Now airlines must account more accurately for this. According to the Wall Street Journal, the FAA is requiring updates to passenger and baggage weight estimates that airlines use to keep each flight within safety limits. Each U.S. airline must submit a plan by June 12th. June 12th is coming up. Okay, explaining which average weights for passengers and baggage they are going to use down to phones and clothing and how they estimate those weights. The FAA must approve each airline's plan. Now, airline officials say the weight estimates used for passengers and baggage are going up between 5 and 10 percent. Oh, oh, 5 and 10 percent. That is your COVID-20, people. Oh. That will affect some flights, possibly requiring that more passengers get bumped or more baggage is left behind, likely on unusually hot days or in cities higher above sea level when the weight an airplane can safely carry is reduced because the wings will not, of course, generate as much lift. So, like, pipe it down a little. Stop the late night eating. Okay. Number two. Us Earthlings now have five oceans. For the first time in the more than 100 years that the National Geographic Society will recognize these for the that doesn't make any sense for the first time in the in the more that than 100 years that the National Geographic Society has existed. Good job. They will recognize the Southern Ocean. Go cap. A body of water that encircles Antarctica as the fifth. Good. According to today's Washington Post, scientists have long known that there is a distinct ecological region around Antarctica, but at least in the international scientific community, there hasn't been agreement on the name or the boundary of this mysterious body of water. So now, when National Geographic lists its oceans, it will mention five, the Arctic, the Atlantic, I should have done this as a quiz for you, the Indian, the Pacific, and now the Southern. The what? Southern. Southern. Mm-hmm. All right. The Southern Ocean. Number three. With only eight of the city's 18 pools set to open next week, Pittsburgh City Council members are wondering what they can do to get more pools open as coronavirus restrictions are eased and people try to enjoy the summer. According to the Trib, the national trend of struggling to fill positions like lifeguards and other jobs that are seasonal or pay under $15 an hour appears to be the culprit. There's money in the city's parks and recreations budget to increase the wages the city pays, but apparently there's a general lack of interest in the positions. Because they know going to the neighborhood pool is like taking a bath in a hotel bathroom. See, that's exactly the same thing. See how his mind fastens. That's how it is. Number four. Get ready for the next great sports scandal. I give you spider tack. Ken Davidoff of the New York Post asked former Bucko and now New York Yankee pitcher Garrett Cole a simple question yesterday. Have you ever used spider tack while pitching? Now, you might know this is a significant question because, as Joe Starkey writes in today's PG, spider tack is an illegal and highly effective way for pitchers to make the ball spin faster and become exponentially more difficult to square up. Joe Starkey writes that Garrett Cole, in answering the question, fumbled around like Richard Mendenhall in a Super Bowl before delivering this quote. Are you ready? Garrett Cole said, quote, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Well, yes or no were the options. So the fact 
that he didn't say anything makes you think something is awry there and that my friends is your top four at four. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's any news, right, that the ball players, whether the batters or the pitchers, have all applied sticky substances for a long, long time. Right, but time. spider tack is like a step beyond right. your rosin or, you know, whatever. So then if you're an umpire, of course, you know, there's been people have been busted this year for substances on their hat or their jersey or whatnot. Uh, it's up to them to enforce it, like it all is. things. Okay, so Garrett Cole basically admitted cheating. Sure. Okay. Now, I have to go on a couple little things from the article here, from uh, Starkey's article. Uh, Cole's strikeouts per nine innings. How many? Went from 8.7, his last season with the Pirates, mm-hmm. to 13.8. Whoa. Two years later in Houston. So the Oh, really? Wow. Okay. So from 8.7 to 13 point. That is an increase of 58.6%. Or, now listen to this. Precisely the increase Barry Bond saw from his best pre-PED home run total. Uh, okay. How about that? Yeah. Now, also, Garrett Cole's spin rate exploded after he left the Pirates, which in turn had people savaging his former pitching coach, Uncle Ray. Mm-hmm. You remember that, yeah, right? Who quickly went from savant to simpleton mm-hmm. in many people's eyes. Could it be, says Joe, that Searage either didn't have the proper tools to cheat or didn't want to? All right. Well, that's okay. So that's the latest controversy in baseball. Very mm-hmm. good. All right. Uh, we need to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to jump from the fire into the frying pan. Recovering from biblical manhood and womanhood, how the church needs to rediscover her purpose. Amy Bird is with us in a few minutes. It's the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. W-O-R-D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Congratulations. You did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. 
MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. The pandemic has caused families to spend more time in close quarters than ever before. But if you're noticing an emotional distance between you and your child because of their drug or alcohol use, you may not know where to turn. Partnership to End Addiction can help. With free guidance, support, and resources, we work directly with families and communities across the country to help save lives. And we can help you, too. To end addiction, start with connection. Reach out to us at drugfree.org. church uh, it's been a, it's been a tough what 10 years or so for the church i think uh, uh 2000 uh yeah i mean you know but when you think about all that's happened societal the church is having a hard hard time a lot i would say the majority of it we brought in ourselves of course, the, without a doubt 100 percent, right uh, amy bird is with us and she's got a brand new book out recovering from biblical manhood and womanhood how the church needs to rediscover her purpose. Uh, that's a great topic. I mean, holy smokes. Amy, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? We're pretty good. good. Yeah. I mean, we're happy to have you. Yeah. I've, I, you've never been on the show, I don't believe. And so we're excited to no, talk to you. I'm excited to be on. Yeah. Well, Amy, you know, I followed you on Twitter for a long time, and um, I've okay. always been excited about your work. And um, so I'm not sure exactly where to start, but I'll say this. Um, you know, we've had a lot of people on the show who enter into a, into a discussion about gender, about biblical manhood or womanhood, um, as, you know, this is what the Bible says, but this is how I've evolved past it. You know, this is what, mm. you know, that was an old book. Those are ancient writings, but this is a contemporary mm-hmm. time and we have to think of things differently. Okay. So that's, that's one conversation, but the conversation you're having with people is different than that. It's a conversation where people are looking at the same scriptures and seeing mm-hmm. different things there. So maybe you can talk about how, how you see the conflict going on right now that you've addressed in your book. Yes. Um, thank you for, for pointing that out. Um, I, I see the conflict maybe wrapped a lot up into um, rightfully wanting to respond to the sexual revolution, the church rightfully wanting to respond to that um, and to all of the different issues that we're up against today, like gender fluidity and homosexuality and all these things. Um, but I think what happened is about 30 years ago, um, a council was put together of biblical manhood and womanhood to respond to the sexual revolution and also what they called evangelical feminism in the church. So they wanted to respond to um, some of these denominations that have women and ordained women in the pastorate in the church as well. Yeah. And uh, uh, they wanted to speak to leadership in the home. And I think that the intentions were good. However, they, um, unknow- 
unintentionally, they brought in, you know, Victorian age um, ideas about men and women. And, and even further back than that, Aristotelian ideas, Aristotelian ideas about men and women. Um, and, and so this male superiority and female inferiority um, cr- crept into their language. They used words like roles to describe the difference, what, you know, what distinguished men from women. And these roles, instead of, you know, the word coming from, like, the theater, playing a part, um, they use this role as, like, our very essence and our very being. And so men and their role are, are authoritarian, and women's role is to be submissive. And so their very definitions of uh, man and, and woman revolve around this. And, and it's interesting because, like, we don't even see that word role in, in our English translations. Um, so of the Bible. So it became this whole parachurch organization that pumped out many, many resources for the church to use for men's ministries and women's ministries, children's ministries even. And they, and they even uh, built this theology off of um, an errant view of the Trinity, where they said that the Son, in his very essence, is, is submissive to the Father's authority. And then they use that to say that woman is submissive to man. So there's a lot of, of rootedness to this teaching, but it's, it's fairly new as far as um, you know, biblical, so-called biblical manhood and womanhood. Like we all want to be biblical, but right? We need to right. Okay. Okay. So, so really yeah. So let's let's go there for a minute because I, I do. Th- I kind of want to reiterate something I said at the beginning, just for people who aren't familiar with with your work. Um, this is a situation where in and, let me, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, Amy. But I, I believe this is a situation where you are trying to actually um, recover what the scriptures are saying about men and women. Yeah. But there are people who have read the scriptures for the last, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, who've read the scriptures more not through the lens of the first century when they were written, not even through the mm-hmm. inerrant word of God, but instead through cultural mm-hmm. norms of the Western world yeah. from, you know, uh, 1890 on. Correct. Yes. And I think they're also taking verses um, and kind of isolating them from the rest of the canon of Scripture so that we're not getting a a well-rounded view of of God's or or a theology of man and woman that we see unfolding in Scripture. Okay. So then define in terms, Amy, exactly what you'd like to to sort of bring to light, right? People are listening and they're going, what exactly, you know, are we talking about? Is this about complementarism? Is this about women's role in the church? What's the focus on? Yeah, my focus in my writing has always been on discipleship. So I'm not speaking to like who should be ordained in the church. Those are important conversations, but I'm afraid we have two so many of those that they overshadow what the over 98% of the rest of us are, are doing in the church. And so I speak um, as a lay person, an informed lay person who wants to talk about discipleship for men and women in the church. And I, in the book, I want to focus on the reciprocity of the male and female voice in scripture, and then the covenantal aspect to reading the Bible and interpreting it, and then um, bearing the fruit of that in our church life as brothers and sisters and um, in Christ, and also just our great responsibility and honor as disciples to be passing the faith 
um, onto one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, on its face value, for a lot of people, that doesn't seem controversial. But on the other side, I know, it's explosive, yeah. though, right? <laughs> okay, other so, people okay, are just okay, enraged. Okay, so that's the question. So it doesn't seem like it should be that controversial. Why is it? That is the million-dollar question, Cassie. <laughs> <Heck>. <laughs> I, I think that um, it's the way that um, leadership is viewed right now. Um, and, and it is very much attached to power and authority. So for even to suggest that uh, women as disciples um, have a voice, have an agency in the church, um, the response to that has really revealed the way that we think about um Teaching, leadership, okay. headship, all those words that we use in, in church. Uh, okay, so let me go back to something you said a few minutes ago, which is um, the uh, the uh, attendance to specific Scripture passages without a larger mm-hmm. view of the witness of Scripture um, in its entirety. So now mm-hmm. this can happen in a whole bunch of, of different issues, and the, and the church has done this over the decades, um, over the millennia, actually. But in this instance, when it comes to roles, I, I find it to be really curious. So, you know, you might have people who are absolutely attendant to particular verses, uh, Timothy or Corinthians, Ephesians, mm-hmm. yeah. um, at the exclusion of any discussion of Jesus revealing himself in resurrected form to women first. Um, And then the women uh, giving their witness to the disciples and not being believed. Uh, And and Mm -hmm. they're both, you know, and I I hope that the listener is getting this. This is not a situation where where we're trying to look at a conversation between people who believe the scriptures and people who are secularists. These are people who are looking at the same scriptures. And in my mind, Amy, Mm -hmm. you can tell me what you think about this, not uh, not evaluating them or valuing them at a different level. Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, you're right. So they look at these verses in like First Timothy 2, and they want to say, okay, women have, are to have zero authority, you know, and they're not to speak in church. And, you know, we even get to these definitions to, that, um, you know, biblical manhood and womanhood will say that to the degree that a woman's influence over a man is personal and directive, it will generally offend a man's good, God-given sense of responsibility and leadership and thus controvert God's created order. Well, basically, then, you, women would have to disobey many, many verses in Scripture, all these one anothering verses in Scripture, um, if, if we're then to not be able to give any uh, influence over any men in the church, any of our brothers. Right. And, and you see the opposite of that throughout Scripture. Uh, here's Mary Magdalene, as you were pointing to, that uh, the early church fathers called the apostle to the apostles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, that's, that's pretty big. That's gigantic. Now, I'm sure you know this, right? There are many churches where men are uh, primarily the only figurehead. That they are the ones who make the say. They are con- in control. We have friends who mm-hmm. belong to churches like that, and women nod their mm-hmm. head. And of course, for whatever reason, they agree to be part of the church. On the other side, we have friends who are female pastors, and they have uh, parishes, Mm -hmm. they have churches, and they flourish as well. And there's an agreement Mm -hmm. there that everyone, you know, nods their head and says, yeah, we attend. We're part of this community. And so on both sides of the aisle, there is flourishing. Now, I'm sure there are, you know, there's a lot of cratering as well. There's a lot of disconnect within the healthiness of that. But can't these churches Mm -hmm. still in the 21st century exist, you know, actively, happily side by side? 
Yes, that's part of what I was trying to do. And and in top as an author, um, I wanted to speak to both sides and talk about discipleship. And I also just want us to be able to sharpen one another. And um, so I didn't want to uh, use the label for myself as complementarian or egalitarian. I don't really identify with either of them because I feel like they're a movement, are different movements. But, um, you know, of course we need to have convictions about who can lead in the church. But I wanted to speak about discipleship. And so in my book, I, you know, work with, with a lot of academics who are egalitarian. And since I attend a complementarian church and I'm right from, you know, those circles, um, I got a lot of pushback because I'm quoting egalitarian mm-hmm. on discipleship. And, and I also quote Roman Catholics. But curiously, I don't get any pushback for that. No one's afraid that um, I'm going to lead people into Roman Catholicism. So, um, yeah, I would I would love for us to be able to say, hey, like, we all are upholding the authority of Scripture here. Um, there's going to be some different views that may uh, affect where you even worship on Sunday morning. But we have a lot to learn together, and we're brothers and sisters in the faith, and um, we should really sharpen one another in these um, talks about these discussions about gender in the church and discipleship. Yeah, no, that's good. I appreciate that. We're talking to Amy Bird. Her book is Recovering from Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, How the Church Needs to Rediscover Her Purpose. Amy, we need to take a break. When we come back, let's continue the conversation. Um, I want to focus again, like, uh, how are we going to decide the churches we go to? Is it the churches that make us comfortable or is it the churches that are teaching the actual witness of Scripture? We'll talk about that next. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Hey, Daddy-O, Pap, Pop, Father, Daddy, or whatever you call that special man, it's time to gather him up and head on out to the Springhouse for our annual Father's Day Steak and Chicken Fry. That's right, steak and chicken. Both marinated and cooked to perfection over an open pit outdoors. And to complete this great Dad's Day meal, we're making baked mashed potatoes, Ed's green beans, corn pudding, Alabama casserole, Dutch greens, homemade rolls, rice pudding, blondies, brownies, and of course, all of our Springhouse drinks featuring our famous chocolate milk. That's right. You can't beat it. There will be live music and inside and outside seating and a free ice cream cone for every dad. Come to the Springhouse to treat your dad to a special day. Call 228-3339 for more details. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance 
so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. When the doctor told us about my mom's cancer, it made me feel so helpless until I called the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and spoke with Grace, who answered all of my questions about the disease, treatment options, and cancer-related expenses. Her support and compassion made us feel whole again. Today, I'm calling Grace to let her know my mom is beating cancer. To learn more, visit LLS.org. Mostly cloudy skies are expected for tonight. It will be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. We'll see a low tonight of 67. Tomorrow, we'll wrap up the week under mostly cloudy skies. It'll be humid with a couple of thunderstorms. Expect a high tomorrow of 76. Times of clouds and sunshine on tap for Saturday. Saturday's high, 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Amy Bird is with us. We're talking about her brand new book called Recovering from Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, How the Church Needs to Rediscover Her Purpose. All right, Amy, let me give you a quick scenario. Um, So I have a friend. uh, She's a woman. And she was going to a church that um, restricted uh, women, had nothing, no say in the church, no contribution, contribution, um, no leadership in any reason. She decided, you know what, I'm leaving this church because it's 2021 and they need to get on the train. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and I, I appreciate that that was her feeling. Um, but where I come down on it is I don't care what 2021 says. I want to find out what the Bible mm-hmm. actually is telling us. Um, right. So I, I don't want us to bow to cultural norms. I want to find out exactly what God was trying to communicate to us. So, um, mm-hmm. so talk to my friend uh, who says that sort of thing. Um, what would your response be? Well, my response would be for her to, to talk with the leadership of that church and um, share her concerns and and you know evaluate for one if she believes the same thing as they do. If, if she does, if her beliefs are not in line with what theirs are of what Scripture is saying about women, um, then it might be better for her to worship somewhere else. And I would tell her that, you know, I would encourage her to talk to her elders at her church and then to do some studying on this very topic in in Scripture and read from the different voices. There's some great contributions uh, out there. um, And to to really, um, you know, figure out what what she thinks uh, the Bible is saying there on those issues. And and we're not to be comfortable in church, (laughs) like you were saying before. Church is really, I mean, Sunday morning is an interruption. It's an interruption to our week. It's a recalibration to the Word of God after we've been out in the world all week. Um, it's, it's the future, breaking into the present. You know, we're corporately meeting a holy God, and we're not holy. So we should expect not to be comfortable. Um, and I do think that there are a lot of conversations that we still need to have in the church on, on discipleship to begin with, and then leadership as well. And so if, if she is in a church where the women are not being invested in, and they're not looked at as disciples, and, and disciples in biblical times, you would see, they're not just someone who can sit at Jesus' feet like Mary did, and, and how he said that was a necessary thing for her. What that meant was that she was also going to have to teach because that's what disciples disciple for. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
But, you know, Amy, I, I wonder, I'm sure this is true in many instances where husband and wife marry, they join a church, mm-hmm. uh, it's men only in leadership, then the the, the wife goes, well, okay, I'm, I'm kind of stuck here now, right? Um, uh, I've got mm-hmm. kids here, my kids are part of the church, my husband is part of the leadership, I'm not going anywhere, but I am silent and I have nothing to offer. Yeah, so well, that's a big question right there. And this goes into the dynamics of the marriage as well. How free are they to talk about these different things and, and to grow in this area together? And then how is the, the whole, not just the women in the church or a woman who's theologically inclined or has the gift of teaching and isn't able to even do that in like a, a general office in the church. It doesn't even have to be special office, right. but we're all called um, in some, some ways to pass down the faith. So, um, you know, there's all these different layers to it that we need to be talking about. You know, I wrote another book, Why Can't We Be Friends? Because a lot of churches don't even let the men and women talk. <laughs> they right. can't even be friends. So, I mean, there's just so many layers to the onion that we need to unpeel. is how we view one another um, as man and woman. What is the meaningfulness behind our sexuality? What is beautiful about the distinction between man and woman? What is the story that our bodies tell about Christ's love for his bride? And how are we able to then live that out in the church? Because the whole church is going to hurt if, if we're not doing that. Right. Those people would really hate our show, John. <laughs> the two they? of us are sitting here together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've right. been doing this for a really long time, long Amy, time. so I'm sure they would be longtime right. enemies. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> All right. So speaking of, of – um, of how these issues turn people into enemies. You know, I've watched with, God bless you, Amy, I've watched with dismay uh, mm. your your Twitter life uh, play out, mm. and it's really ugly how people respond. Or attack. Um, or attack, right. or I, I just, I Crush. guess I just don't get why it becomes so nasty. Uh, from your perspective, Amy, I, I don't know what I'm asking you. Like, how have you survived? How do you think about it? <laughs> why do you keep engaging? You know, you can answer any of those questions. Yeah, I, the engagement part is a big question. Like, um, who do you engage with on this stuff? Because there's always going to be jerks on the Internet, right? And um, apparently what I'm writing is controversial, so I should expect that. But um, what I really find troubling is when there are officers in the church who are harassing, who are uh, using this, you know, reviling language, who are actually calling against my speaking engagements and plotting together to do that, to warn churches to guard their families from me before I come. And um, so they're really interfering with my career even. Um, and, I, you know, I've driven to some speaking engagements in fear. Um, and then the, you know, plotting to sabotage my Amazon page and things like that. So, um, when I, when it's church officers and particularly ones in my own denomination, well, then I feel like they need to be held accountable because the qualification for an elder or a pastor isn't just to be a man. (laughs) Uh, even if you, if you uphold complementarianism, you know, it's, there are many qualifications and most of them have to do with character and the ability to teach well. So, um, I believe that is disqualifying behavior, and they should be held accountable for that. And should also, if they're going to be harassing and abusing a sister in their church or in their denomination, 
um, they should step down from such a, a holy office. I'm into that. You know, uh, yesterday we had a guest on the uh, show, uh, uh, Philip Jenkins, was from Baylor, from I believe. From Baylor, yeah. And, and he was talking about mm-hmm. the aging of, of, you know, the world, right? The less people are being born. So wh- what does that foretell for the church 20, 30, 50 years from now as, you know, more congregants mm-hmm. will be older people and there'll be younger people at a very minimum caring for the older congregation. So maybe in some way this conversation or this issue will fade into oblivion because a younger generation, as few as there are, will look at complementarianism and go, it doesn't really matter to where we are right now, you know, in the church life. Uh, That's an older generation problem. I mean, that may be a possibility. Yeah, I feel like um, one of the big issues why I continue to speak out is that it's what I've gone through with spiritual abuse, so many others have come forward and shared with me much worse, you know, spiritual abuse. I'm, I'm married to a wonderful man. You know, I'm, I've got elders at my church who are working with me here. And um, but these, you know, these women have been in terribly abusive marriages, and then their elders send them back, you know, for more abuse. Uh, they have got no recourse. The process itself is just totally out of their reach to use um so, you know, I really want to, to use my voice to say, what can we do about this? Let's uncover, let's reveal this abuse that's going on in the church. And for women, a lot of the time, the only place that we can use our voice is on social media. Right. We can't use it in the church. So, yeah, I think that down the road, um, there's always going to be abusers. It doesn't matter if you're an egalitarian or a complementarian. There's yeah. always going to be abusers. I agree with so that. um, that's something that the church needs to get right because they're going to be losing people by the droves. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're harming um, the witness of Christ. Yeah, and, and having the witness. Go ahead, John. Yeah. So then, you know, the the rise of you know the um, the hashtag Me Too. We've seen you know Carl Truman or um, uh, Ravi Zacharias. All those things. I mean, that has come to the forefront. So there is an accountability here, right? Yeah, there needs to be accountability for abuse, and um, it, it should not be tolerated in God's household, period. We yes. should be the, the very people who are given the accountability to shepherd and to care for the souls and bodies in that church are, are often the ones harming them or sending them back to harm. So um, I think that is a huge issue and, and a reckoning for the whole church right now, and, um, and it's, I think, now that women have a voice, that they're going to have to reckon with it. Mm. Well, Amy, uh, go with God. That's what I can tell you. I mean, you know, <laughs> Thank I, w- you. we cheer you on when you follow the scriptures, when you love Jesus, and when mm-hmm. you're trying to do the right thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's why we love you. God bless you. Be, be safe out there, Amy. It's a rough world. Yes. Jesus loves his church, so and it will prevail. I will go with God. I'm into that. <laughs> yes, it yeah. will. Thanks, Amy. That's Amy Bird. The book, read covering from biblical manhood and womanhood how the church needs to rediscover her purpose we'll take a a quick break step away we're just uh, underway here the four o'clock hour the ride home with john and kathy here on pittsburgh's christian talk word fm Uh, there's a new design trend and we'll talk about that next WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. 
ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on wordfm.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7, 365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. What are dads made for? asking myself the same question. Author Amanda Glass, creator of the Made For book series, helps kids and dads answer that question. That's what dads are made for is more than just a fun book with cute pictures. It's one that creates conversations that build meaningful connections. This Father's Day, help your kids connect with dad as they discover together. Oh, that's what dads are made for. For kids three and up, just $9.99 when you order now at themadeforbooks.com. As dads, it's our job to capture as many memories with our kids kids as possible it's also our job to embarrass them and if we're lucky we get to do both that's why i'm thankful my son created legacy box the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos and i'll never recover from the time you showed up to my middle school dance to disco in front of everyone thanks dad but he's right simply fill your legacy box with your old vhs camcorder tapes film reels and photos and we'll do the rest And in just a couple of weeks, you'll get your originals back, along with a DVD, thumb drive, or cloud delivery. Stuff that even an old man like me can figure out. Check out Legacy Box today. Plus, for Father's Day, we're offering an incredible 50% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Eden Christian Academy in the North Hills, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuition. Okay, so you're looking at the exterior of your house and you think, all right, it's time. Um, If you've got a wood house, you might have to paint that every 10 years or Mm -hmm. so, right? Sure. All right, so Pinterest says that searches for black houses and dark houses have tripled those searches since 2017. The, what does that tell you? The Bayer Paint Company, those paint people, report that sales of black exterior paint grew 40% from 2019 to 2020. Black paint for a black house. I guess the question I'm asking you is, Kath, would you paint your house black? Never. Listen to me when I say that. Never. Now, I'm looking at photographs. There's an article here in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. There's some beautiful homes. And to be honest, some of them look pretty good painted black. Okay. They really do. 
I yeah. wouldn't do it. Right, right. I mean, that's fine for some people, but uh, it, it is a very particular style. It's very trendy, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. I'm reading this article. Uh, dark surfaces on a house are about 20% more heat absorbent than light-colored surfaces. So, Can you uh, imagine how hot our houses would be? Right. You and yours and mine, since we don't have air conditioning. Exactly. If our houses were black? Yeah. It'd I be mean, a hot good box. grief, people. Also, a noir fa- facade demands fastidious maintenance. The heat drawn to a dark color makes paint prone to peeling, says Erica Wolfie, vice president of color and creative at Bear. And when the dust and pollen settle and the water dries, dark exterior paint can look dingy, chalky, and less crisp. And she says, quote, contrary to people's thinking, a very dark exterior can show dirt quite easily. Think of black cars or black sure, countertops. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I have black shutters. Does that count? I guess it's a small nod mm-hmm. to that, right? I like a black shutter. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But it's just a, it's an accent. It's yeah, I mean, who want? I mean, there's a big difference between nice, shiny, you know, black shutters and having the field be black. So if your field is black, you have to do black shutters too, or people doing like so. you know white shutters. It looks like a no. you know a tuxedo. I think if wrong. you're going to go all black with your, you have to go all black and stay all black. Now I would say this: in looking at these homes, of course, I'm reading this article from the Wall Street Journal. Should you paint your house black? A trendy debate. If you have the wherewithal to paint your house black, you also have the wherewithal a few years down the line to repaint. Okay, but if you've ever tried to paint over black paint. Oh, I've done that. Have you done that? Oh, sure. Of course I have. How many coats of primer? Oh, I mean, that's just, and and imagine doing that on a house. You know, it's bad enough if you've done that on a piece of furniture or a table or something like that, and you're hating yourself. Listen, if that's a house, like, Mm -hmm. just don't bother. Uh, Do you consider yourself a good painter? Yes. Do you, though? Thank you for asking. Really? Mm -hmm. There's a neatness to it. You have to be particular to be a good painter. Oh. You have to have. I think 100%. You have to have that thing. Yeah. That thing. I really, I, I can't imagine what a, when they painted our studios here a few years ago, mm-hmm. and those guys came in. I mean, these guys were pros. They were, they were total painting. pros, yeah. There was no drop cloths. Right. There was no masking tape. Right. It was now, just a I guy in a brush. I am not like that. I mean, that, I'll guys. Listen, I'll put drop cloths every single place I can get them in and that tape. room. A tape. Oh, yeah. Heck I'll, yeah. More time for prep than the actual paint job itself. Absolutely. Yeah. But some people love, I mean, love to paint. I don't love to paint. I no. think it's a pain. I would prefer that somebody else do it for me. Right. right. I will tell you, though, without giving away a name, <coughs> I hired a uh, a contractor to paint mm-hmm. uh, my bathroom. Uh, and how'd that go? It went poorly. It did? Mm-hmm. And because of what? An inattention to detail, mm-hmm. right? An inattention to detail. Mm-hmm. And right. so you know what I did the next day? You painted. Mm-hmm. Wait, you paid somebody, then you painted? Yes. Did you get your money back? No. What? Because I didn't want to make a big deal out oh, of it. I thought he come was a, on. I know. I know. You weren't happy with the job. You no. didn't say anything. And I then did you just say did something. The work yourself? I did say something. And I the, put the it all in writing. What? And the response was, I'm very sorry. And we'll come back and fix it. And I thought, but no, I don't want you to come back and fix it. Because anybody who would leave this room the way it was, I don't trust you to come and fix it. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like if you left and thought that I did a hot job, now see, then you're, I'm not bringing you back here to fix it because really that's not going to be fixed. I'm still going to end up doing it myself. Now, I admire you and your people skills because you get along with everybody. So, but I, Now, we were doing this show at home, and I remember this. 
I remember this. This happened. It might be a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the background during the commercial breaks, I heard you speaking to the painters. Mm-hmm. And it was congenial and, was. you know, up. it was very, fun. They were very You would nice never painters. have known that there was anything wrong. No. But then you go in and you were unhappy. If it would have been me, I would have been complaining to the guy's face. I, but, right. I, I, what I should have done was go in there before he left. Oh, you didn't know that? You, I did not oh, know. Oh, oh, oh. I, I thought you knew know. and you were just kind of like being nice No, no, no. It. I did not know until he left. Okay. Well, that's And that's then I went story. in and I about had, you okay. know. So then you paid for someone to paint your bathroom and then you did it yourself. Yes, I did. <laughs> I don't get that, but whatever. That's, Sorry. that's who you are. I, I, that's fine. You're very kind is, mm-hmm. what, is what you are. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it's a long story for another time. Yes, it is. All right. So painting your house black, I don't know. We'll take a quick break. Listen up. The president of France was slapped in the face just a few days ago. We'll have that story. And the person who slapped him has already received jail time. How does the French justice system work? At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Research shows people remember radio ads that remind them of the past. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's an ad that'll really take you back. 
Back in my day, I heard a voice from the radio say, Liberty Mutual customizes my home insurance, so I only pay for what I need. I'm getting on in years now, but <laughs> heavens to Betsy, there are some things an old fella like me just never forgets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. very curious story this week out of France, where the president of France was visiting a small town, a small village in the French countryside. I'm not sure why he was there. This, uh, the news accounts don't say why he was visiting. But the president, uh, unencumbered by fears or apparently his security detail, walked up to some French citizens and a man, a 28-year-old man, reached across and slapped the president of France in the face. Mm-hmm. And then he shouted something which uh, had apparently, again, this is French society, French history. He had he spoke something about the history of the Middle Ages and France and their power position within that. That's all I know. That's all I can say to speak about authority. It goes, of course, Seems oddly much specific, deeper. but okay. It does. Word today is that the man who slapped the uh, president, Marcon, uh, has now received a four-month prison sentence. Now, this happened, I believe, on Monday. Here it is Thursday. A French court in southeast France handed down an 18-month sentence with 14 months suspended, French television has reported. The court ordered the man to be imprisoned immediately, the Wall Street Journal says, a particularly tough punishment in France where defendants defendants are often allowed to remain free while they appeal a sentence. Now, during a hearing at the court, the man admitted to slapping the president. He said he was acting on behalf of the anti-establishment, which arose in 2018 in opposition to Mr. Marcon's policies. He described his political views as far-right and the man's lawyers did not respond to a conference, uh, to a to a comment. How is that that the French government and their justice system three days right after the effect? I'll tell you days. right. I'll tell you right now. I think it's essentially French. You remember the guillotine? <laughs> that's very swift. Okay, so there you go. That's what they've all. That's how they do it. I don't understand that. That's how they do it. Now, um, now listen. That's mostly bad. I'm not saying that's a great thing. I'm saying most of the time in their history, that has not served them well. Had this happened in America, this man would have probably been on trial maybe a year and a half from now. Right. Right? Right. All this, the process of justice here has become so, so cumbersome. This, it's shocking. And I, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. There is a, there is a really dire side to this, that yeah. you get it wrong, and then, of course... Ruin people's lives. Exactly. I don't think they much care there in France. I'm not sure about that, but I would really be interested. What's interesting as well is when you see now you see that there's a video of this. If you if you're so inclined, the the president is so close to his citizens. He is, I mean, close enough that someone reaches across a little metal barrier and slaps the man in the face. Now, of course, I, I don't know. It's just a different place, a different a different time. Strange days we live in. Well, I mean, France is a whole different land, isn't it? I mean, a whole different land I'd than like what we understand here. Months, I'd like you? to live there for six months. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted. I'd like to make a long-term investment, like get a little apartment, 
immerse myself in a little community six months. Right. Wouldn't you love to go to church in France? Yes. Saint-Chapelle. That's where I, I would like to go to church. I would like to wander around the French mm-hmm. countryside or go to Paris and visit any yep. number of chapels That's and churches idea. and you know, just soak that up. That's a whole other experience. Anyway, uh, it's been an interesting hour. We've been talking about men and women in church, black houses, and the slapping of a French president. Where else are you going to hear that? The Ride Home with John and Kathy here in Word FM. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Speaking from St. Ives, England, President Biden says the United States has been a leader in the global fight against the COVID pandemic. Over the past four months, we've taken a number of steps toward this historic effort. We have contributed more than any nation to COVAX, a collective global effort that is delivering COVID-19 vaccines across the world. We've supported manufacturing efforts abroad through our partnerships with Japan, India, and Australia. He's also calling on other countries to follow the American lead. Earlier, he met with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And Johnson & Johnson says U.S. health officials have extended the expiration date for millions of doses of its COVID-19 vaccine by an extra six weeks. The Dow ahead 90 points, the NASDAQ up 107. This is SRN News. Craig Schweiger's weekly show, Home is Where the Heart Is, spotlights Craig Pollard this Saturday to discuss bivocational ministry. Learn how local ministries like The Family Wins exists under the leadership of businessmen and women like Craig. Plan to wake up at 7 a.m. Saturday for this and an informative show for seniors and their families about reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages have become very popular. Understand their benefits, costs, and concerns. Sponsored by Federated Mortgage. Home is where the heart is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM WORD. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. These days, physical distance can keep us safe and healthy, but emotional distance can strain relationships, especially if drugs or alcohol are involved. If substance abuse or addiction is creating a barrier between you and your child, you may feel alone and you may not know where to turn, but we're here to help you and your family. Partnership to End Addiction offers free resources, guidance, and support. Just a click away. To end addiction, start with connection. 
To learn more, reach out to us at drugfree.org. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. Qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Mostly cloudy skies are expected for tonight. It will be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. We'll see a low tonight of 67. Tomorrow we'll wrap up the week under mostly cloudy skies. It'll be humid with a couple of thunderstorms. Expect a high tomorrow of 76. Times of clouds and sunshine on tap for Saturday. Saturday's high, 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour on this uh, rainy Thursday afternoon. Katha, uh, years ago, I, I think I first came across this uh, reading about uh, workers in China who regularly work more than 12-hour shifts. Yeah. And then they you know, get off working their 12-hour shifts, and then they go home and take care of their family, and they do what you know the, the machinations of life. And then you know, they, it's a little me time. A time for whatever, you know, people want to take the enjoyment out of life. Well, it, it, what this what this has become is like you um, uh, sleep, you push sleep further down the road, right? I know right. I've got a hard time where I must wake up at 6 a.m., but I, I need some time for myself, so I'm just going to push that. I'll stay up 15 minutes late or maybe a half an hour or an hour maybe or so. So... To sacrifice sleep in some ways, it becomes an act of defiance and has become some, it's, it's become uh, something called revenge bedtime procrastination, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that you know that you've got to get up at a certain time, but I need some time for myself. So you, it's kind of like you're, you're working against yourself, even though you're trying to help yourself. Have you done this? I never knew that it had a name, but I just did it last night. Really? I mean, this is like a revelation just now. Revenge bedtime Revenge procrastination. Bed. So, you know, so every everybody was asleep. And I thought to myself, you know what? We have I've had a lot going on this week. I have a lot of things. I need to just relax. I need to do some things. I need to feel like I've accomplished some personal things before I go. I I think I went to bed at, I don't know what time it was, because, you know, I don't look at the clock. Right. So maybe 1, maybe one thirty. Yeah, I had to get up early. 
I had to do, you know, my exercise routine that I'm committed to, which I had to do before my morning meeting today. I mean, I was hurting five minutes in. No kidding. Yes, no kidding. It's truth. Okay, listen to this. Revenge bedtime procrastination has been exacerbated during COVID, where people are sort of vengeful about me time, and that me time only occurs when they know that they should be going to bed. Right. It's what a stupid thing. Says Gosh. Wendy Troxel. She's a senior behavioral scientist. Um, I don't know. Sleep medicine specialist in White Plains, New York, uh, Shelby Harris, says that at least once a week, she hears from a patient who is struggling with revenge bedtime procrastination. It's a new term, but apparently an age-old problem. What? Do you do this? Um, I I have done it. I I don't feel good about it, but I, t- I think it's a necessary thing. You You're so busy doing other things, and of course, you know, you've got... Bills to pay and show prep. Right. And okay. So what if you exactly? So you brought up the bills thing, and I mentioned this on the show the other day. It is shocking to me for those of you who are living, you know, as adults in the Western world, how you know when we were kids, and you know there was a problem with your electric bill, or there was a problem with your phone bill, or whatever. Somebody from the phone company, it would be there. There'd be someone in customer service at the phone company who would figure that out. Right. Yes. And now there's I don't think there's anybody in customer service anymore. You can't call anybody. There's nobody to call. So if you've got a problem with your phone bill or your Verizon or your cable or your, you know, uh, home insurance or your property insurance or your car, whatever it is, all of that together is your problem. I mean, so. Listen to how I sound so whiny about it. But this is the revenge thing. Is you, is you feel like, you know, I, I went to work. I, I did my thing. Now I've spent three hours on stupid paperwork stuff. And now it's time for me to go to bed? Yeah. I need like, some, what kind of life am I living? I need some popcorn and some Netflix. Exactly. That's all I need. Let's right? kick back a little, people. Right. When we were kids, I always thought about this. When we were kids... My mother and father, once a month, would take this beige metal box of which they had, I think, their current bills. And they would sit at the dining room table and very soft voices at the dining room table while us kids were maybe in the living room or wherever we were watching TV. And I remember the two of them would sit there and they would murmur to each other as a kid, you know, like nine. And I'm watching Batman and I'm listening to my parents. And I used to think... I don't ever want to do that. <laughs> I whatever they're doing, whatever that thing is with adulthood. I don't want to. And you know what? We don't do that now because that lockbox that my parents had, that filing box that they had, that's basically gone. Right. Because I bet you ninety-five percent of our bills are now online. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just it. We live in a different phase here. And so now the murmuring I'm doing is to myself while I'm clicking the mouse. Right. But they're still murmuring. But I remember that. I see that. My ki- As in a kid, I saw my parents go through that process. My kids don't see that. Mm-hmm. They have no idea until it was their turn to, turn to pay their own bills. I don't know. I The revenge, the re- what's it called? Revenge? Revenge procrastination. Bed revenge bedtime procrastination. Okay, well, whatever it is, man, I'm like, I wish I wasn't, but I'm all in. Yeah. I gotta stop it. Yeah, go to bed, would you please? Too tired. Yeah, because then you pay the price now, right? 
things are uh, percolating. We need to take care of them. Uh, Eric Andre's with us. The finite cannot contain the infinite. That is next the ride home. Sounds like a lot. What's going on? 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Blanca, even at my worst. Rattle from Elevation Worship. And Joyful from Dante Bow. I'm gonna be the best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you in part by McQueen Building Company. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorm. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees like Portersville Christian School in Portersville, PA, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com. Pastor Eric Andre is with us. He joins us from First Trinity Lutheran Church in the North Oakland neighborhood of the city of Pittsburgh. Eric is also campus chaplain for Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Had to comb my hair for radio. <laughs> well, it looks good. It's a nice full head of hair. <laughs> Be glad for that. That's my 13-year-old cutting my hair. Actually. <laughs> That's not a bad situation. COVID does crazy things. All right, Eric, um, let's talk about the finite cannot contain the infinite. That seems like yeah. um, a deep subject to get into in a short radio segment. Um, where does it come from? 
Well, you said I had two hours, right? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, this is something we've been talking about in our student Bible study uh, the past few weeks. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that goes back, well, it goes back centuries, really, in terms of, of debates about the nature of God and the incarnation in Christ and the sacraments and, and, and all this. And the Latin phrase, um, the finite cannot contain the infinite in, in arguments about over those things. I don't necessarily want to focus so much on those arguments. I know we have listeners of, you know, varying backgrounds and persuasions. Uh, but I thought I would, in, in, in the context of this Bible study with my students, um, I came across an article by Gene Veith, maybe known to some of your listeners. He, he's written a lot of books. Um, and uh, he, he quoted... Uh, from uh, a writing of Luther's. I'm just going to, it's just a couple sentences here if I can share this. Yeah. Maybe this will be a good uh, jumping off point for our conversation, questions, and comments. Luther wrote, There is no need to enclose God, for a body is much, much too wide for the Godhead. It could contain many thousand Godheads. On the other hand, it is also far, far too narrow to contain one Godhead. Nothing is so small, but God is still smaller. Nothing so large, but God is still larger. Nothing is so short, but God is still shorter. Nothing so long, but God is still longer. Nothing is so broad, but God is still broader. Nothing so narrow, but God is still narrower. He is an inexpressible being above and beyond all things. Mm. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah, I think I had, you know, I think when most of us think of, the aspect of God's character in terms of his, his uh, infinity, his, his all-encompassing nature. I, I don't think we—it's it, it's maybe not hard to um, admit wonderment at his, at his size, if you will, right? at his immensity. But Luther also says, nothing is so small, but God is smaller. And I, I'd never really heard it put that way. It, it it really it really struck me. It really struck me. Struck my students, and we, we've had you know good good discussions about it. Right. So God in an atom, God as a molecule. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, God is outer space, right? With all its far flung galaxies, seem infinitely vast, and yet everything, like you just said, John, everything that makes up that every atom, every quantum particle and wave seems infinitely small. Uh, The universe is not infinite at all. Only God who created it is infinite. And he fills his entire creation, not only in terms of all the galaxies, but fills every atom, every particle, every molecule. Yeah. Um, And I mean, it's, it's kind of awe inspiring and mind bending to, to think about, but I think, I think the gospel point the comforting point in this is that, of course, by his immensity, by his all these omni, right, his omniscience, his knowing all things, his omnipresence, his being present everywhere, his his omnipotence, his almightiness, his all-consuming power, by that immensity, he governs the affairs of nations, uh, the unfolding of history is in his hands, um, the movement of the galaxies, and yet... This is the same God that Scripture tells us, that Christ tells us, attends to every sparrow that falls to the ground and keeps track of the hairs on our head, however many they are. Yes. Hmm. So what I love about this is 
that God is infinitely tiny and infinitely vast, and also God is a millisecond and God is millennium. That (laughs) space and time encompasses all those things of which, of course, he himself created. So the invitation to speak with him, to know him, to love him and worship him is the greatest invitation, of course, ever. And all those things require the humility to to allow that to happen, to acknowledge it. One of my students pointed out uh, that, you know, the, the, the shortest measurement of time that we normally work with is a second. And yet how many intervals are there in between yes. zero and one? Right. It seems like it's infinite, but of course, in a sense, it isn't. And yet God fills every millisecond as well as every second, minute, time, the years that are his and does so without changing and does so with his focus on us. He rules over and in all eternity. And so that gives him unlimited time to to hear our prayers and to give each one of us full attention. There's I forget which psalm it is, but there's one of the psalms that that says something like the word is incline it says that when we pray god inclines to hear our prayers and i think that can be understood in two ways there's the inclination his desire but if you think of it very visually or physically god i kind of imagine god in heaven in heaven when one of us prays he 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 shushes the angels he's like hold on and he leans forward and into you know lean into he wants to listen like, you know, recline is like, oh, sit back, relax, take it easy. I'm not going to worry about anything. No, he inclines to hear us. He is focused and attentive. And, and again, that's because both his immensity and having all eternity to listen to us and also his attention to the smallest detail and the smallest person out there and then what seems to be insignificant, but to listen to them as if it's the most, as if that person is the most significant in the world, because to him in that moment in eternity, that person is most significant. Pastor Eric Andre is with us. He's the campus chaplain, Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, and also at First Trinity Lutheran Church in the North Oakland part of town. Um, so talk to us then about what this, like how, what does this do? What does this change in your daily life? Does it change anything in how you pray or how you look at things, how you talk to other people? Yeah, I, I love that question, Kathy. The question always has to be like, so what? I mean, are we just, you know, speculating about things here? Well, I think like I was just, you know, and it's a good segue, what I was just talking about in terms of one's prayer life. I think it's incredibly comforting uh, to be reminded in various ways, such as this, that God is focused on us, that he wants to hear our prayers, uh, that he is attentive, that he that He answers prayer, uh, that he's focused on each one of us, uh, not, not in a sense of, you know, building up self-importance for us, but in knowing that we are the beloved that we're the apple of his eye. Uh, I, I think that's incredibly comforting. I think it's incredibly comforting to think about, not then in a way, the capability of the finite. So the question to bring it back to the top is, is not, is the finite capable of containing the infinite? It's not about the capability of the finite. It's about the capability of the infinite, mm. the infinite one. What is the infinite one capable of? Well, he can fill you know, we confess him as infinite in the Athanasian Creed. Many of our churches just said that a, a few Sundays ago on Trinity Sunday. Well, that infinite God can fill the universe. He can fill a body in Jesus of Nazareth. He can fill your heart and soul in the believer. He can fill a piece of bread. He can find himself into 
wherever he needs to be for you. I mean, this is really, in a way, the gospel. One of the colleagues that we have in this Trinity season says that God shows his power chiefly. He manifests it chiefly by showing mercy. That's not the way the world chiefly shows its power, its immensity, its strength, but that's the way God does, right? He shows his power and immensity by being willing to take on the guilt, the load of the world, because he can handle it, because he takes it to the cross, he dies with it, but he also overcomes it in the resurrection for us. I mean, I think this is all tied together with a God that is greater than we can imagine, and yet smaller than we can imagine, you know? I mean, the conversation is at one time very complex and also very simple. And just a few days ago, Eric, I'm, I'm sitting in my backyard by myself enjoying the, the summer evening or the late spring evening. And I'm thinking, I'm saying to God, God, I've got limited time. And so as I've got this limited time left, what happens as I transfer from this earthly self to the greater self of who you are, and what will that be like? Again, you know, it's very simple, very complex, it's very tiny, but it's also massive. Yeah, and you're, so you're talking about, in other words, you know, what, what, what how, is, how, 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 is our, how is our journey from this earthly life to the heavenly life? Yes. In a time that's coming for us, and we don't know when. And, and I think that's, again, part of the beauty of this is that God gives us already in, in and of himself and in and through the church, he gives us already not only a foretaste of that, but the beginnings. We, we are also in, we are also already uh, living in eternity, right? The eternal life for us has begun. It's now here in, on the earth, but that eternal life that has begun uh, by God coming to us in Christ, by uh, baptizing us, creating faith, that eternal life continues from its heavenly manifestation. I mean, I'm sorry, from its earthly manifestation to its heavenly manifestation. And that's all part of this, you know, infinity that we participate in. I mean, Peter says in that really mysterious, remarkable passage in his first epistle that we are parti- that we are participants of the divine nature. So we participate in this as well, this infinity, this magnitude, this, this you know, smallness, this earthliness, this heavenliness. We, we participate in that as well already now. Eric Andres with this Lutheran Student Fellowship. Eric, okay, now this this whole conversation sort of feels like, and no disrespect, it feels like a, you know a late night dorm conversation, right? I mean, you know, you're well, hanging out, you're hanging out with college students, and and I love this kind of conversation. This is right up my alley. I mean, you must engage with college students in this sort of exchange often. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, it's one of the things I love about about the job, about the calling. Um, the, the students are you know, probably smarter than I am, but I've studied a little bit of theology so we can, you know, they're smart and I've read theology and, and we connect <laughs> together on these things. Yeah. Uh, they're always bringing up, it's great, you know, we have a lot of STEM students and they're always making connections to things that maybe a lot of people think are, are, are purely secular or even antithetical to Christian faith. They're making connections to the science and engineering and the quantum physics and all the stuff that, you know, I learned from them. So it's, it's, uh, it's very, it's very invigorating, exciting, mm, energizes. Okay. This is the Reverend Eric Andre. While we're talking about students, tell us about Lutheran Student Fellowship. Um, Eric, what's going on there? What's going on at First Trinity Church in Oakland? Yeah, so um, the school year has wrapped up, I think, since we last talked. Uh, of course, there's been commencement at 
Pitt and CMU over the past month plus. Um, we are continuing a lot of our stuff online uh, and in person now, hybrid and moving into more in person, but we're keeping a lot of the online stuff so that our alumni can join us for, for Bible study and discussions. And that's been really a, a blessing. And, you know, we're looking to hear from the universities of what the fall will look like. It's looking hopeful that we'll be able to get back to, you know, a lot of our social activities and service projects that we weren't able to do as much this past year because of the pandemic. So, you know, so we're excited about that. Uh, for, as for myself, next week, I'm, I think I maybe mentioned last time I'm teaching a course on uh, Bo Geertz, who is a 20th century Swedish theologian. I'm doing a, a seminary continuing education course up in Michigan. So okay. uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. And if any of the listeners have read The Hammer of God, which I've recommended several times over the years, that's that's the guy I'll be teaching on. Awesome. Hey, I know I know we got to go soon. Can I wrap up with two quotes from St. Paul oh, to yes. really speak to what the, the theme we've been talking about? This, these are both from Ephesians chapter one. Uh, Paul calls attention to, quote, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And so now the ascended Christ, right, rules and fills all things, but especially specifically for the service of his church, because St. Paul writes, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the fullness of him who fills all in all is contained in the church. It's contained in the word and sacraments, the people that he gathers around those, those that he's called to be saints in him. I mean, that's Paul, Paul sums it up, you know, better than I could. So if any of this was, you know, like over the heads of people or, 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 or too deep, you know, just reread Ephesians chapter one, get a good commentary if you want also, but, Folks, listeners, just just read Ephesians chapter 1. That's the summary. That's very, very good. That's a great last call, Ephesians 1. Pastor Eric Andre has been, this, been with us, campus chaplain from Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh. Also, he's uh, at First Trinity Lutheran Church in the North Oakland neighborhood. Eric, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Good to be with you guys. Good to nice see to see you, see you Eric. See you. Yeah. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. By now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. They are regularly sixty nine ninety eight. It's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. 
QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM. Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Mostly cloudy skies are expected for tonight. It will be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. We'll see a low tonight of 67. Tomorrow, we'll wrap up the week under mostly cloudy skies. It'll be humid with a couple of thunderstorms. Expect a high tomorrow of 76. Times of clouds and sunshine on tap for Saturday. Saturday's high, 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. makes sense does what make sense bagging yard debris whether you're talking leaves i've been doing a lot of planting the last couple days you got to get the weeds out you got to clear out last year's stuff you're putting that in a bag now depending upon where you live you're told not to do that that won't be accepted so where are you going to put it? Well, for me, I've got a little side yard that I just oh, kind of see all of a sudden. Hill. Okay, some of us live in the elite lifestyle. Just throw it over the hill. It's just throw the... it over the hill is what he says. Yeah. However, there are times when I'm, you know, I've got some grass trimmings or whatnot, and I do put it in a black plastic bag. But it does seem kind of silly. Because then they're going to take it to a landfill somewhere. Why are we doing and this? And it's going to sit into a bag and decompose. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. I just, this is what I want to do. What do you want to do? I would like to just rake my yard debris into the street and then have like some... Government official. Unit. Mm-hmm. Come and suck it all up. Well, doesn't don't you do that with your leaves? No. At the end of the year? Oh, at our, in our neighborhood, you, you take all your leaves, put them out on the curbside. There's a gigantic pile, and then they come with this big suction device. Oh, see, so John lives in the fancy neighborhood where all that's that taken fancy. care of no. for him. No. Those of us who live in the blue collar section Why of Pittsburgh, me? okay? Oh, please. Let me just tell you. No, no. That we are putting our yard debris in paper bags. All you, and you're doing that, really? 
Yeah. And and now, you okay, so they're biodegradable bags. They're so biodegradable they go to the bags. They yeah. break down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. But I listen, I gotta be honest with That's you. That's a lot of bags. I mean, I'm 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 teasing you because I grew up in a place that where you just put your stuff over the hill. Yeah. So I've lived in this house twenty plus years. It still makes me mad. Yeah, of course. Every time I do it, it makes me mad. I mean when you put it like that, it does not make any sense at all. Thank it you. It really doesn't. Thank you, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. All right, so I offer you this. We were talking about this the other day. Does TikTok make sense? <laughs> I mean, does it make sense? I'm reading an article today. How to use TikTok, make videos, go live, gain followers, and get famous. TikTok, I, am I just showing my age? I look at it and I think, it's ridiculous. It yeah. makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. That appeals to whom? Yeah, you are showing your age. I, I guess. You are showing your age, and I totally agree with you. What is that the purpose of That does not make sense. It's, what is You the, guys. I don't need to see a dancing squirrel on. for 15 Listen, seconds. And, and the, the short burst of it. The shortness is annoying. I don't understand. It ruins. I think it must ruin a synapse Wait. or something. I just. I feel People like my, famous my brain this? doesn't work when I'm on it. What about Placido Domingo? There's no, no, I mean, there's no. There's no. There's no. There's no place for beauty there, John. Doesn't make sense at all. One hundred one point five W O R D. And they lived happily ever after. Ever wonder if they did? <laughs> well, marriage is not a fairy tale. It's a great adventure. That's why Family Life Today wants to give you their Love You Better plan, 30 days to love your spouse better. You'll also be entered to win a Family Life Love Like You Mean It marriage cruise with money to cover additional expenses. Enter today and every day. Go to wordfm.com love. That God is God necessarily implies that everything that takes place is directed by his all-powerful hand. Look at the alternative, that many things happen outside of the control of God. God is helpless to stop things from happening. The pandemic afflicting our world is outside of God's control. What does that say of our God but that he is not God at all? Or he is weak and powerless to control what he created. This would leave us without comfort. We would be forced to say that many things happen to us by chance without the will of our Heavenly Father. But that is not true. We confess with Romans 8 verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Even the hardships of life, God will work for our good. That is the comfort we need at this time. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. Look us up at prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. And this thing is just really impressive. And without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. It's Ryan. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you, Word FM listeners. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. What does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, 
the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. I'm inviting you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now it's your time to find love and the tools to become a bride. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The challenge begins this week at lovestories.com. For the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes or so, we're going to have a very frank discussion about sex. So if you've got young kids nearby, you might want to either turn the volume down or just to shut the radio off totally. Um, Jerry Falwell Jr., Ravi Zacharias, Carl Lenz. Uh, those are just in the past few months. Right. Those are just sex scandals that have enveloped the, the evangelical world. Uh, and so, what about that? What does that say about evangelicals? Well, Sheila Ray uh, Gengor is with us. She's an award winning author and marriage and sex blogger at tolovehonorandvacuum.com. Her latest book is called The Great Sex Rescue The Lies You've Been Taught and How to Recover What God Intended. And, uh, we saw this article, Is the Evangelical View of Sex at the Root of Our Sex Scandals? And so that's why we invited Sheila Ray to join us. Hey, Sheila, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, um, this is an important subject, Sheila, and I'm really glad that you have been writing about it lately and engaging with other people on social media. Um, so let's start here. The first, the three people that John mentioned, um, uh, he mentioned Ravi Zacharias, Carl Lentz, and who was the first person you brought up? Jerry Falwell. Oh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, so when people say why, you know, how, how could this have happened? How how did someone like who was having a personal life like Jerry Falwell continue on for such a long time and have such a high profile position at the largest Christian university in America? How does that happen? And so the answer in large part has been, well, this is celebrity culture. This is what we do. Um, and we need to stop it. We need to stop putting people up on pedestals. We need to stop, you know, fastening on to leaders and making them the reason why we go to church or we go to a college or whatever we do. And I think that has a lot of validity. Um, Sheila, your perspective, though, is that maybe it's not celebrity culture. Maybe instead of that, it's our, the evangelical church's view Mm -hmm. of sex. Talk about that. Yeah, well, I would say it's both. I definitely believe it is celebrity culture, and there's also elements of power and all of that tied up in the whole thing, too. So it's definitely partly that. But I think why is it that we see this stuff so often in in terms of sexual issues rather than other kinds of issues? And I think it's because of how we talk about sex. Um, And what I did, I have just finished a a huge survey of 20,000 women. Um, We took a look at at how different evangelical teachings affect women's sexual and marital satisfaction. And we identified several key things that are just harmful all the way around. (laughs) And they're not biblical. I'm not saying these are biblical things. I'm saying that they're things that are in our culture that we need to start fighting against. Hmm. All right, so then unveil a few of those. What what the heck is the culture doing? Okay, well, let me just give you an example. Okay. Every man's battle. Okay, the every man's battle. Okay, now let me break break in and say, Sheila, for people who are thinking, I don't know what this book is. You probably do know what this book is. It was was passed out in uh, in tons of churches, tons of men's conferences. It was a paperback book. It was kind of thick. Maybe it came out, what do you think, uh, Sheila, like 10, 12 years ago? It was out out in 2000, I believe. Oh, 2000, Um, so 20 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
sold in the whole series there were several books in the series and it sold about four million copies all the books in the series so it was quite influential and what it was addressing was the problem of lust which it called every man's battle and i want to give you just a few quotes from two books in that series okay, okay i'm ready <laughs> every heart restored which is written to women says this because of male hard wiring men don't naturally have that christian view of sex Okay, so wait a minute. God, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, because of because of the way men are physiologically made, they don't. Yeah. What, they they're not susceptible the to way, the Christian view of sex. Right. Because of the way God made men, because God made men to sin in lust, then men don't naturally have that Christian view of sex. Men's men's natural view of sex, the way that God made men, is to objectify women. And not to see sex as something which is intimate, but rather to see sex as something where they are using another person. Right. Okay. So, and and let me guess that the answer, the, 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 the people who are going to teach the men to have the Christian view of sex are women? <laughs> no, no. So these are all recovered sex addicts who wrote these books. And, and they're saying that, you know, in Christ we can be redeemed, et cetera, et cetera, but the only answer to lust is to transfer your lust from other women onto your wife. So instead of objectifying all women, the you goal just objectify, is to objectify one? only one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. 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 No, wait, let's ask the man in the room. John, what do you think about that? I think it's kind of wacky. Do you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So continue right. on because uh, you're, you're uncovering yeah. something that's really important here. Yeah, here's another quote from Every Man's Battle this time. We find another reason for the prevalence of sexual sin among men. We got there naturally simply by being male. Again, the hardwired. We are hardwired. Okay, so that so that's the ba- yeah. that's that's the same excuse that men would make in boys you know, will be boys and in, in militantly Islamic countries for why women have to have their heads covered, right? Because right. men can't exactly. control themselves. And- And so then the solution that every man's battle gives, and I'll quote again, is once he quits cold turkey, so once he quits lust or porn cold turkey, be like a merciful vial of methadone for him. But this existed before. I mean, this is before pornography, right? I mean, men men were always this way, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, and, and, and they're saying, like, women, you are methadone for his sex addictions, whether it's lust or whether it's porn or whether it's whatever. You are his methadone. Okay, so again, so but, but, but the heart of it is that the woman has to solve the problem that the man has. Exactly. And we see this in multiple evangelical bestsellers. We looked at um, the 13 bestselling marriage and sex books for our book, The Great Sex Rescue, and we found this theme in so many of them. The women, you need to have sex frequently or he's going to watch porn. Um, focus on the family said it a few years ago, like in November 2019 on a broadcast that the reason men are watching porn is that women aren't having enough sex. And so women are being blamed yeah. for men's sex sexual sin no we know there, no there is men's accountability groups right that you guys who have problems and this is part of this sex addiction sort of you know uh, overlay that if you have a problem with you know pornography you enlist a friend or a family member mm-hmm. to follow along mm-hmm. to make sure that you stay away from all that right absolutely and you know what a lot of those groups are great they really are a lot some aren't but a lot of them are 
um, I think anytime you address the real issue, you know, which is that, that you need to own the problem of lust, but you also need to realize that porn allows you to feel like a man without having to be a man. It allows you to feel mm-hmm. strong without having to act strong. And so people use porn to cover up their own insecurities when you can get vulnerable about your insecurities, when you can really open yourself up to intimacy again, then a lot of the healing can come. So it's like, are are we blaming women for it or are we really confronting the problem? And I think in evangelical culture, we have seen sex as something which men need and women don't. Um, Emerson Egrich, love and respect. If your husband is typical, he has a need you don't have. Is that, so does it women, say that? Yes. Really? And he will come under satanic hmm. attack unless he gets physical release. And he explains that sex is about wow. a husband's physical release. Nothing in that book, not a single word about women's pleasure. Hmm. Well, we are all sexual beings, are we not? And do we not all derive <laughs> pleasure from sex? Okay. <laughs> but, exactly okay. So, yeah, yeah. So this is really curious to me. I've never read the Emerson Egrich book, um, but I've, I'm sure I've seen. I mean, when you said his name and the and the title of the book, I mean, it it must be you know in my orbit somewhere. So it must be in a lot of people's orbits because I'm not. I don't think that unusual yeah. in the evangelical church. So I come back though to that um, analogy I made between how women and men are talked about in this scenario and women and men are talked about in uh, militantly Islamic cultures, which is that yeah. the that the women basically um, have to reorder their dress, uh, their dress, their presentation, their, life. their attitude, their life, you know, their their work, their how they go shopping, how they do everything so that the men can not what lust exactly right 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 but 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 the way you're yeah the the way you're describing it sheila this is really the same idea only it's in it's in america in western culture in the western church it is and it's got to stop and that's what we're calling for in the great sex rescue is for a total reimagining of sex a change in the conversation to get back to what the bible says because god did not say that sex is only for men right okay so sheila not say yeah. So just a few minutes left. So then in the great sex rescue, what's the prescription to get back? Okay, three things. <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you three words and then one number that I want everyone to remember. Okay. <laughs> so God made sex to be intimate. It's a deep knowing. We know from Genesis 4, Adam knew his wife. So sex is a deep knowing. It's supposed to be pleasurable for both from Song of Songs. And it's totally mutual from 1 Corinthians 7. So it's intimate mutual and pleasurable. And if we can get back to talking about sex like that, where both people matter and where both people's experiences matter, we would do a lot better. Right. Okay. So and the- then one big number, if I can give you one number. Yes. 47. Okay? okay. That is our, that is, I'm not, I'm not allowed to say this on the radio. That is our gap <laughs> between how much men enjoy sex and how much women do. Okay. What's forty? <laughs> like, what is, is forty-seven? Is this that a is that a time or is that like some kind of rating? Okay. So ninety ninety-five percent of men are reach satisfaction, shall I say, in each sexual encounter. Okay, but only forty-eight percent of women. Do. Whoa, whoa, that's interesting. So there's a forty-seven point gap. So whenever we're talking about how 
women need to have more. Women need to do it more. Women need to look after him. We need to remember that the sex that's most likely to be deprived right now is not the husband. It's the oh, wife. interesting. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, right. Sheila, this is, I mean, I mean, the church has a lot of a lot of issues, obviously. I mean, and this is super niche, but uh, I understand why it's important, right? I mean, we need to talk about this, but I, I imagine that, you know, your pastor on Sunday morning is not going to bring up 47. They shouldn't because it's not appropriate. Yeah. But what right. I do think is that our books could be doing a lot better job. Mm-hmm. And we need to start questioning our resources. We need to start pushing back in men's meetings and in women's meetings when they start giving wrong messages and just say, look, God meant for sex yeah, yeah. to be mutual, intimate, and pleasurable. It isn't only for a husband's physical release. Women are not responsible for men's sins. And if we can get back to what God intended, I think we'd be a lot healthier as a church. Yeah, that, okay. I mean, this kind of goes back to our first conversation really today did. with Amy Bird. Yeah, we, we had Amy Bird on an hour or so ago, Ooh. Sheila. And we were oh, kind of... Yeah, we were, we were, it, we didn't plan this, but it is kind of like you can see. Yeah, yeah, it's a common thread there. Well, Sheila, we always love it when you're on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your frankness. And um, you've written some terrific stuff and you interact in a really, um, you know, gentle but direct way online. And I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. And again, you can find me at tolovehonorandvacuum.com. Our books are there. Our courses are there. And our podcast is there, too. Very nice. That's uh, uh, Sheila, uh, before you leave us, why don't you give us a pronunciation of your last name? Yes, it's Gregoire. So think Jaguar and then put Greg in there. Oh, uh, Sheila Ray Gregoire. <laughs> there we go. Very nice. Yeah, she- French Canadian. Sure, yeah. Okay. Oh, French Canadian. Oh, that's very you exotic. You have all those French Can- You have all those French things around Pittsburgh, too. <laughs> we so. have a couple. The only thing we have is French fries, <laughs> and we all show it. <laughs> like, like, what is it, Duquesne? Well, we would say Duquesne, but you guys say Duquesne or something? No, we say Duquesne. For- Duquesne. We, okay. But we do good. say North for sales. <laughs> yeah. That's really. Oh, ouch. That's awful. Yeah, it's it's so terrible. <laughs> we just want to apologize to everybody for North. it. I'm very, very sorry. I'm going to North for sales and getting some fries. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Sheila Ray Gregoire has been with us. Uh, sex scandals is the evangelical view of sex at the root of them, an article that she wrote for Religion News Service. Check out her new book, The Great Sex Rescue. Much more coming up in the Ride Home Thursday edition. Right now. Want to finally own your own home? Then attend Dollar Bank's free Virtual Mortgages for Mothers workshop. It's online this year, and all are welcome. Learn how to break the rent cycle, how to build savings and cut debt, and how to strengthen your credit to make your dream of owning a home real. Register today for Dollar Bank's free Virtual Mortgages for Mothers home buying workshop at MortgagesForMothers.com. Then join us on Saturday, June 12th at 9.30 a.m. Dollar Bank, equal housing lender. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. 
Liberty, 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 Liberty. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Walnut Grove Christian School in West Mifflin, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID, 128231, Equal Housing Lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no closing cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Lung cancer kills more people than breast, colon, and prostate cancers combined. And 80% of those diagnosed with lung cancer never smoked or quit decades ago. If you or someone you know has lung cancer, the Bonnie J. Adario Lung Cancer Foundation can help. Text the word LUNGS to 50555 to help lung cancer patients and to fund the research needed to find a cure for the world's deadliest cancer. Go to lungcancerfoundation.org for more information. The Parthenon. I would love to visit. Me too. Day, right? One of the uh, wonders of the world. Never been to Greece. No, neither have I. Okay, so um, the Parthenon, you think about the, you know, the beautiful ruins Right, it survived the ravages right. of fire, flood, time, uh, despots, and uh, all sorts of uh, maladies have come upon it. But during COVID, Greek government authorities have decided to install concrete around the Parthenon. Uh, now, th- the reason they're doing this is, of course, a good reason because they want to make it accessible uh, for those who are handicapped with wheelchairs. But in so doing... They have made a gigantic, it looks like a driveway, a long driveway that apparently uh, winds around the Acropolis, and uh, it has caused outrage among French citizenry. About Greek how, citizenry. Yes, uh, yes, Greek citizenry. How would Maybe you do French that? Maybe French too. I mean, who knows? How and why would you do that? You would concrete around. I'm going to hold this up. You can see this, cap. This is the pathway. It's a lot of concrete. That has wow. really altered the flow of the Acropolis. Now, now, some that had to have been approved. I mean, doesn't everything there have to be approved by a historical commission? I mean, this is the yeah. the Acropolis we're talking about, right? I don't know, boy, oh boy. Um, I mean, it's a it's a world UNESCO site as well. So you would imagine that any number of people had to be involved in this. And have you been to UNESCO World Heritage sites? You have, right? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been to several. It's, there are a lot. A, there are a lot of 
restrictions that go into that. Well, it's like anything. I mean, like I just came back from Yellowstone. I mean, then you know, right. the, you, right, the right. government has a ton of restrictions on things of beauty mm-hmm. and cultural heritage that you must adhere to. But I don't know. I mean, it, so in the name of doing something that you want to help people who are disabled go see, you know, sites that we, the sure, sure. able-bodied, are able to go visit easily, you're creating a problem. You've, you know, I don't know. It's very difficult to ascertain in a political age what is the right good and true thing to do so that all people can be part of culture and society right well there believe me this is a part of the world where there are enough artists that they could have figured out something i think that would be a little more in keeping you know that would be functional and more in keeping with the historicity of it than what they did so now apparently is the backlash there are uh, petitions calling for the removal of that well, how are they getting... I don't know. Well, that won't be any big deal, getting rid of all that concrete. Yeah. Could you imagine bringing jackhammers? You should see how problems? huge it is. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show. Check us out online. Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.